Thank you for listening to the BJJ Brick Podcast. We'll be bringing you Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and good times. We hope to flatten your Jiu-Jitsu learning curve, help you get the most out of your grappling ability, and meet your goals both on and off the mat. Welcome back, my friends, to episode 150 of the BJJ Brick Podcast. My name is Byron. I'm here with my buddy Gary. We are have been grappling like crazy. 150 episodes, Gary. We're still going strong. What's up, my friend? Well, you know, grappling with this podcasting, we started podcasting, we knew absolutely nothing. And, uh, you know, here we are 150 episodes later, which is closing in on three years. And um, I'm a very solid one-stripe white belt. So uh, I'm getting up there. We, we have we have made, like, we, we knew nothing and then we kind of like tapered off and knew less for a little while. And then it uh, slight inclined in our knowledge. And then we're back down towards the bottom of not knowing much. We're actually doing an interesting show this week. Uh, kind of like how we started the show. We're doing a topic that we're going to talk about uh, amongst ourselves. And uh, we should uh, get pretty deep into something because we don't have to, uh, you know, like, you don't get to have a, uh, have a guest on this one, but just... We're going to kind of flow on this and, and talk about bringing a friend to class. This is an important topic. I guarantee you, you'll do it eventually, and you want to do it uh, correctly and, and give them the best possible exposure to jujitsu that you can. And we hope to sh- share some advice with you uh, with that process, Gary. Yep. Hey, I'd like to have a little disclaimer here since it's uh, Byron and I doing this uh, here this week. Yeah. The reason we're doing this show is. It's not because we couldn't get a guest this week. I mean, we do have guests all the time wanting to be on the show. We just want to do a little bit of a different show. So we're not as big a losers as a <laughs> we are. We're just uh, – I thought we'd do something different today. And, you know, our goal is not to become, you know, world champions. Our goal is to to get more – get jiu-jitsu out to the masses, get more people trying jiu-jitsu and enjoying jiu-jitsu and, and – the easiest way to do that is to bring a friend to class. And so that's, uh, we think it's a very important topic. Yeah. I, th- I think this will be a great episode, Gary. Definitely. And then we'll be back to our normal uh, interview style of shows. And then uh, for a while, anyway, we'll test it out. Give us your feedback if you like this type of show or not. But we'll try to do uh, the last episode of the month will be an episode like this, a topic episode where we just kind of talk about something and have a good time amongst ourselves and, uh, and dive a little deeper into one area. So uh, we'll see how that goes. But but good thing is uh, we're keeping a lot of the show the same. We still are going to have a quote and an article and that sort of thing as well. So um, if you want to join our email list, which what will happen is you will be on a list with other people that also like the podcast. And every That's week... We call it, <laughs> is that why we call it a list? Email list? That's true. It doesn't go to Santa Claus. Um, every week we'll send you out the show notes. So often we'll say, Hey, if you want to check out the rest of the article or the, you know, read the art- full article, check out the show notes. Or if you want to actually buy the audiobook, it's in the show notes. Uh, you can go to bjjbrick.com or you can go to your inbox and check out the show notes or maybe in the junk, junk box. I don't know where it ends up on you. Uh, and there's, there's a full show notes of everything that's going to happen uh, during the show and, and some little notes about what we talk about during the interview, that sort of thing. So, or not just interview, but the main topic this week anyway, but uh, just a good way to stay in contact with us, good way to keep up with the show and I'll have all the links ready to go. So if, you know, a week or two goes by and like, what was that article? And then you go back and find your inbox. 
At least I don't delete stuff out of my inbox. I'm not good at that. So anyway, if you want to join the email list, go to our website or go to our Facebook page. There's a little place to put in your name and email address, and we'll get you right on there, my friends. Yep, and also uh, check out Byron's audiobook, Your First Year in BJJ. Uh, I know we talk about it every week, but it's a, it's a great way to support the show. It's only $11.99. It's got some great reviews out there. And basically what it is is Byron uh, helping you through your first year of jiu-jitsu, which, you know, is a very, very tough year. You know, we talk about the white belt is where most people drop out. And uh, we don't want people to drop out. We want you to uh, to uh, flatten that learning curve out, as Byron says. We want you to uh, learn more, to have more fun, uh, and to guide you through, you know, all the different, you know, task and you know pitfalls and everything you're going to go through that first year so definitely check it out uh, it's two and a half hours of content your first year in bjj by the one and only byron jabara oh, i'm gonna add this to the whole book whether you've bought the book or not if you're in your first year you're struggling with something send us an email bjjbreak at gmail.com we'll do our best to help you out so uh we really want you to get through that first year and uh and have, have a good time doing it so uh that means a lot to us that uh, if you need to reach out for some help or some advice, we'll be happy to, to give you what we can anyway. We're not, uh, we don't know everything, but we'll try to help you out the best we can. Speaking of reaching out, some people have reached out to support us. Unbelievable. We have some Patreon supporters, people who have listened to the show and said, yeah, I'm going to pitch in a buck or two or maybe even a little bit more than that, and uh, and help the show. And if you support us for $3, we'll send you out a, a large or our, our version of a large uh, ghee patch. Check it out on the video that's in the show notes, and you can see it there. Uh, if you support us for a dollar, uh, we'll get you on our Facebook uh, private group where you'll have input on a lot of our uh, questions we could ask our future guests and that sort of thing, and a lot of our just kind of off, you know, out of the public discussions we might have about the podcast or about logo designs or anything like that. Uh, a lot of that goes on there, kind of behind the scenes, but you'll be you'll be behind the scenes on that one, and uh, you'll be able to help help the show out, help mold the show, and, and support the show financially. So if you're interested in helping the podcast, uh, that's a great way you could do it. Be a Patreon supporter. We'd like to thank Rob, Sean, Greggy, and Alexander, and of course our new one here, Superman. Uh, one of those people may not actually be uh, on there, but uh, as as we get more supporters, we'll kind of rotate the list of people we give shout-outs to, but uh, that's who we're giving shout-outs to this week. Uh, thanks for oh, the wait. support, my friends. Byron, Byron, I just got an email. We got another supporter, somebody named George Clooney. So, uh, hey, we got another one. So, yeah. kind of cool. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, th- thank you uh, for the support on there and just kind of uh, backing up the show. Yep, definitely. Thanks, Sean, Rob, Greggy, and Alexander. We appreciate it. Hey, Byron, I think we should get on with a quote. Um, last week, we had Brent Lillard uh, from GovSmart. Um, on the show, and we've also talked about his article before, but he has a great quote. I like the uh, the quote that uh, death is certain, life is not. I think it uh, it's important to uh, to realize that you know we're we're all lucky just to be here at all, but you should uh, you know live life uh, to the fullest. I think it's really important to to not hold back. You know, one of my philosophies. You know, obviously, I'm damaging my body a little bit with jujitsu, but the way I see it is that you know, I'm living. And doing exactly what I want to do, and it feels good. And when I when I do die one day, I want to feel like I had worn uh, myself out completely and, and fully, uh, you know, checked out what life is supposed to you know have to offer. You know, before just kind of giving up and taking the easy route all the time. You know what I mean? Yeah, and it, also uh, that same quote could be 
um, looked at with the way you treat other people that you work with. You know, everybody is in the same boat. Death is certain. Um, you know, life is not tomorrow, today, an hour and a half from now, whenever. Um, it could end for somebody. And treating people right. like teammates opposed to uh, you know rival coworkers is, is a great way to to treat people and to develop uh, great relationships. Absolutely. Death is certain. Life is not. And, uh, you know, 100% true. Uh, you know, we're all going to die. Um, you know, if you just look at the context, we're all going to live too. But really the way he's talking about it is, you know, no matter what, we're going to die. But we can just go on just living our lives as normal. Um, or we can make something of it. We can enjoy ourselves. We can learn. We can you know, learn jujitsu and become better at it. Uh, it's up to us to make our life better, to make our life more enjoyable, to really live life to the fullest. Yeah, and I this you can look at this as like an internal thing. Yeah, you're going to die someday. Uh, what do you want to do with your life? And also look at it external. The people you're around are also going to die someday. And, you know, you get in a group of, of 30, 50 people, 100 people, some of them are going to die and unfortunately, not that long away. I mean, people die. He does. I mean, I'm trying to start bringing everybody down. People die regularly. I mean, that's that's a, that's a sad thing. People die at unexpected times. People get sick. It's terrible. But just remember how you're treating people, because you never know. You know that might be the last person, the last time you saw that person. So try to treat everybody very well and 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 with respect and 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 keep uh, try to try to be a, a fun person to be around. And, and really, if anytime I've had a friend or a family member pass away, especially unexpe- unexpectedly, I always try to replay what was my last interaction like with them and how was it? And I hope I, w- I hope I didn't leave them feeling like, uh, anything negative or, you know, I hope I left a good impression and, you know, and that's really just a kind of a selfish thing to like, uh, I hope I didn't like, you know, affect them bad way, but, um, I want them to feel like, uh, they're supported by me and, 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 if I help them out, I will. And I don't know, just, uh, just a good feelings to be, uh, to be around. So just remember that, you know, if somebody's kind of aggravated you today, well, you know, let's, let's just say, uh, Gary and I hang up in our podcast. And for some reason, uh, I kind of make Gary mad. And then, you know, I get in a car accident in, in an hour and a half and that's it. And the last time we talked, we were upset with each other, Gary. And that was, that's too bad. So try to, not be that person. If there's a little tiny thing bothering you, let it go. It's uh, yep. you could you could die t- today, tomorrow. Stay with the person you're in an argument with. Uh, yep. Get get past the stupid stuff, Gary. Yeah, yeah, and not even worrying about if somebody dies or not. Just, just like you said, be the better person. If you if you're holding on to grudges, you're you're not going to live life to its fullest. You're going to be upset. That's true. So definitely, uh, you know, just let those little things slide. Have fun in life and enjoy it to the fullest. Yeah, and treat treat people treat people well. I mean, it's really uh, uh, sometimes uh, it's unfortunate, but families don't get along. And how how terrible is that 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 a family member might not uh, get along with the other ones or or you know, two sides? It's maybe a split. Try to try to do what you can. You, I mean, not everything's fixable, but um, you know, a lot, death is certain uh, for sure. Everyone's going to die eventually. Um, you might you don't want to look back and say, "Man, I wish I had a better relationship with that person." You know, life is not certain, so um, have the best you can today. Enjoy tomorrow. Don't not plan for tomorrow. You know you have to uh, to be ready at long term. But uh, 
for you and for everybody else. It could be today. I hate to say it like that, but uh, keep that in mind as you as you interact with everybody. And it could be the the per the cashier at the store. You know, you could you could have a bad interaction with them, and they could mess something up, and you could yell at them, and that could be their last you know their last day on earth. Or maybe yep. you. Do you want your last interaction with somebody to be you yelling at a at a at somebody who rang up your order wrong? Don't do that. <laughs> it's not worth it. Life is life is meant to be having fun. I think we're kind of diving deep into this quote, Gary, but it is a deep quote. And uh, <laughs> uh, the podcast is usually not quite this deep. Usually we could at least like tippy toe, touch the bottom of the pool, but this thing is deep, Gary. Speaking of deep, we have a, definitely a deep article um, today also uh, from Kane Prevost. We've uh, had a couple of his articles on before. I know we've, we've talked about them. Uh, this week, we are talking about his article, How Do You Measure Progress? And we'll put a link to this article in the show notes um, so you can actually read it in person. Um, check out his page um, and uh, Posture, Pressure, Possibilities, the Gentle Artist page. He's got some great articles on there. But um, this week, it's How Do You Measure Progress? You think about that. It's it's tough to measure progress in jiu-jitsu. I mean, you can look at your belt, and that's one way, but... You know, we're always trying to get better. And a lot of times we're going against the same people all the time. We don't really see us getting better. Um, you know, so I don't know. It's 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 a great article. It's a great, it's not article topic. It's a great topic. Yeah. Because how he, really do you measure it? He's written a, a great article giving some, some definite ways to help you measure your progress. And, and really, it's kind of important at, at times... In my jujitsu career, I really haven't cared about you know my progress. I just want to go train, have fun, uh, and, and work on something. But I really don't think about am I getting better today? Was it better last week or better this week? Or how's it going? Am I getting worse? That oftentimes has not been on my mind. Sometimes it is, and it's hard to tell, especially when you're new. If you're getting any better, if you're in your first you know a few months of, of grappling and you're still training with the same people, here's the deal: if they know everything you're trying to do before you're trying to do it. And they know how to prevent it. So it is very difficult to do actual jiu-jitsu onto somebody who is informed about jiu-jitsu. But eventually, a new person will walk in the door, and it will seem a little bit easier. And that's a little bit of progress. Um, like you mentioned before, your belt is a, is a sign of progress. That's what people, I think, get so excited about getting a next belt. It's recognition by your instructor that you are getting better at jiu-jitsu. And they reward, they give you that belt, and it's like saying, "Hey, you're now able to hang with the the, the belt at that level. You're you're at this skill level right now." I think that's why a lot of people get really excited because you feel like you're getting better, but it's really hard to judge sometimes about how much better you're getting. Are you working on the right things? You get that belt promotion, and you really feel like, "Okay, I am getting better." This person with a lot of knowledge and uh, a lot of skill in jiu-jitsu has seen me get better and they recognize that so they're coming from a place of authority they give you that belt rank and uh, and I think that's why all people get actually pretty excited about getting that belt promotion is because that they know they're getting better now they could actually kind of feel it yep yeah so belt promotion is, is definitely a great way um, number two uh, enjoyment and uh, you know I like Kane goes on to say how is this a measure um, and he goes on to say it depends on why you're training um, and basically he's saying you know if you're not enjoying it you're 
your willpower alone will probably get you about one year of training. So to keep on to it, you better really be enjoying it. And he talks about when he's not on the at the gym. And I mean, he doesn't make his own living this way. When he's sitting at home or sitting at his job and during his, his break times, he's thinking about jujitsu, thinking about what to teach to him, to his students. That's when he knows he's really enjoying it. So, um, you know, you're measuring yourself by your enjoyment level. And for me, that's, I, I'm kind of that way. That's what I'm really about. And that's kind of like what you were talking right there, Byron. You were talking about how you don't, sometimes you don't care if you're even learning anything, but you, you sure as heck want to be showing up if you don't enjoy it. So, yeah. um, you know, enjoyment's a, another way he measures. And it, it, he's going a little bit even deeper into his, he's, he's progressing as a coach as well and he's enjoying that process i mean so there's there's multiple things that you could enjoy you could enjoy just developing your own game for a while eventually you're going to start helping out your teammates and you could enjoy that and you that's when it gets fun yeah and you could you could show a technique and you could try to do your best but after you show a technique to the 50th person you'll be better at explaining why something uh, moves that way that's why you get these instructors who are so amazing at showing that uh, technique and making it, oh, it makes sense now that you said it that way because they've taught a lot and, and it's a yeah. skill like anything else. And, and, and you are developing and, in, in, in progressing in the, the skill of being able to demonstrate something or to be a coach. And another way, uh, and I think this is what we, we all basically do is you kind of look at who taps who. You know, you, you come in and you get tapped by everybody or you, you come in and you pretty much don't get tapped by very many of the blue belts, but all the purple belts get you a little bit here and there. And, and then as that changes over time, uh, you could kind of see some progress. But this is tough because everybody is getting better together on a good team. And that's most teams, uh, they do that. So you could be a blue belt. Not really tap many of the blue belts. Let's say you got promoted the same day as three of your other blue belt buddies. And there's, you know, some of the blue belts are pretty close to purple. So you really can't ever catch them uh, very often. You know, stuff happens and, and people get caught. But it, it, none of the white belts give you much trouble. And before you know it, you're close to purple belt. And still the three guys you promoted with, you still can't tap that much because they're also getting better. But uh, it, it's, a, it's a tough measurement. But you could also look at, well... You know, Gary usually taps me out four or five times in our 20 minute roll session. And today I held off and, and he only caught me twice. And that's, that's pretty good. Or maybe I got a sweet pot, Gary, before he caught me and finished off that Kimura. I don't know. But just like little, little measurement tools you could kind of evaluate with, with how you're doing. But also remember that the people that you're measuring next to, it's like trying to say, um, who's growing faster? If you're all, you know, your your kids and you're trying to measure yourselves, instead of measuring yourself against the wall and see how, you know, okay, today I'm four foot nine, and, and then you measure yourself six months later, four foot nine and a half. Instead of doing that, you don't have the wall there. You just have the other kid. And, oh, he's still taller than me. Well, it, it's going to be hard to pass that person. You might do it. But you're not able to really measure yourself against the wall, the measuring table on the wall, because you're trying to measure yourself against other people. And that's a very tricky thing to do. Oh, hey, just so you guys <laughs> really know, Byron really isn't four nine or four nine and a half. <laughs> he really is four six. He was just saying that for, you know, hypothetical reasons. There we go. Yeah, it just yep. helps it out. Yep. Hey, uh, the, the opposite of who taps who, who you don't tap to. And... You know, especially when you first start, you know, I used to gauge myself on 
how long I could survive with somebody in the shark tank with, with Byron or somebody else. And, and as you get a little bit farther in your game, you know, then how long can you last against your instructor? And, uh, but you know, there's a lot of times there's going to be a ton of people that are better than you. And a lot of times people gauge how they're progressing based on, Hey, I didn't get tapped out today. He did not tap me. I I rolled five minutes with him. I rolled five minutes with him. He only tapped me three times. It's kind of like what Byron talked about. So, um, I use that one a lot since it seems like I'm always losing, but, um, who you don't tap to is another good measure. Yeah. It's, it's tough to compare yourself with your other grapplers, but another one here, positional dominance. So, uh, let's say we started the year out and I can never pass Gary's guard. And then, you know, summer goes by and now we're getting into fall. And I occasionally could pass his guard. That is a big step in my improvement. It's, but it's actually kind of hard to judge because maybe Gary's working a different guard or maybe he's doing something new and he's taking, uh, on purpose, kind of taking his game back a step and he's not going to do his A game all the time. He's working on something, but that's, that's a way you can kind of show if I'm able to hold somebody in side control or mount or get on their back and stay there, get that, that dominance, um, uh, they want to get out. So, uh, that's a great way to kind of try to judge. Well, at least I'm able to, to hold side control. I may not be able to tap mount. I may not be able to, to really do much with it. At least I can get mount and stay there for a minute or two before they escape. Um, that, that's, that's a sign of progress as well. So trying to, yet again, compare yourself with your peers. Um, you know, you may not be able to tap them all out, but you can maybe sometimes get a good position and stay there. Yep. I remember rolling with Byron not too long ago and we probably rolled for. You know, maybe 10 minutes or maybe five minutes. Sure felt like a long time. Yeah, I was going to say it felt like 45 minutes, Gary. Yeah, Byron was positionally dominating me. And I remember towards the end, I finally escaped or something and and I got lucky and and got a submission. But then after we're done, we shook hands and, you know, I was just like, man, I just got beat bad. I got destroyed that round. I was like, man, Byron, you killed me. And uh, I, I got positionally dominated. You know, even though I may have you know, got lucky and got a tap right there at the end. I just remember it's like, even when I got out of that, I was like, man, I haven't been beat that bad in a while. So, um, yeah, positionally dominating can really, you know, if you're on the other end, it's, uh, it'll really tell you, I got some work to do. Kane has another uh, measure game knowledge. And, you know, he says this one's very important to him because he teaches. And what he's talking about is, when he can teach stuff better. Like, you know, let's say two years ago he was teaching uh, 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 butterfly sweep and, you know, he he taught it. But now a couple years later, if he can conceptualize it, categorize it, name, organize, break it down in a better way to his students, he's like, man, I, that's how I know I'm progressing. And I never really thought of it that way, I guess, because I'm not a uh, per se a professor, a teacher. Um, you know, I, I teach guys, but I don't really have my own school or I don't teach at a school. You know, I, I work with some guys that I'll train a little bit. But, uh, um, yeah, that's one thing I never thought about. But it, it it is true. You know, even though, you know, if I'm teaching a teammate or something and show them stuff, I, I know I have gotten better. Because I can conceptualize it better, I can break it down better, and uh, and hopefully I'll keep doing that um, as time goes on. I like spending that month, two months, six months, or even a year, really focusing on one aspect of my game. And that's not—I don't advise that if you're brand new. But once you hit that purple belt range, pick a part of your game and really get in there and figure out what's happening, and and really get good at that. And that's kind of the BJJ brick concept: develop those bricks that are actually kind of like weapons. That 
over that course of that year or six months, your game knowledge of the area is going to grow so much. You'll see it differently. I remember learning uh, guillotines. You know, at first I did my guillotine from guard. And then after a little while, I could find guillotines wherever, you know. There's a ton of possibilities for guillotines. But without spending more than just a week on that, I would have not figured that out. That game knowledge got a lot deeper. And, uh, it, and so... Yeah, it helps with teaching. And I, I think of Gary. Like, I, I was the time I was showing uh, this thing I like to do when I kind of grab uh, someone's chin and side control and kind of pull it. And Gary saw that, and, and he's a Kimura guy. And he's like, dude, let's just have so many Kimuras. Well, my Kimuras suck, so I never even saw that. But but getting that, having Gary uh, look at that and him sharing his game knowledge with that, it was like, oh, <laughs> maybe I can be a Kimura guy, you know, because I can set it up like that. Uh, it really helped me a ton. And so just... Um, cause, cause he spent so much of his time developing his Kimura game, that knowledge that Gary had really rolled over well. And, and he was able to just show me something pretty quick there. Another thing he has is, is comp- competing. He's not real big on using, uh, competing as a measuring stick. Um, it also it's, it's tough, you know, to, to measure yourself against competition because everyone's training, everyone's getting better, but you, if you compete a lot, you'll probably end up kind of with a core of people, unless you travel real far, that you compete with as you come up together. And that's fine. Uh, it's just part of your, your jujitsu story. And some of them may kind of get the better of you most of the time. And some may not. And you might, you might get the better of them most of the time. But it's, it's also hard to, to measure yourself as a competitor, you might really try to look at things like, am I as nervous as I was last time? Did I perform as well? If you go out there and you perform very well, but still lose, well, that's, that's all you could have done. If you go out there and you feel like, well, my butterflies got the best of me. I really didn't do what I was trying to do. I didn't, didn't even get my game plan going. Well, okay. That could be measured. That could be changed. You, you could, uh, you can go in and actually start your game plan, uh, next time. And so just the, uh, Measuring your your competing, measuring how you're trying to perform, um, trying to see if that's actually working for you, and a lot of that's gonna be mental. And then uh, the final one he uses is overall package, and basically in the end he uses a combination of these points we just made, and that's the overall package. And he always he says that advice uh, advice his instructor gave him that he thinks is very golden is don't judge on just one session you know think about times you go into the gym you're not training very well you just had a tough day at work or or you're you're cutting weight for a tournament or or just anything you've, you've had a bad day or anything and you know that's not going to give you a good measure and um, he also talks about it's got to be positive the key is to make measurement a positive tool, not a negative one. You know, I remember once I heard an instructor, you were just talking about competition, Byron, and I heard a instructor say, well, you know, if any of my guys don't win a tournament, you know, they're not working hard enough and this and that. And it made me think about, geez, I couldn't imagine, you know, going to a tournament with this guy as your coach and you lose about how bad you're going to get drilled. Um, that's not going to be positive. That's negative. You're, you're not going to be happy. So... You know, you need to make sure that the measurement is going to be positive. It's going to keep you in the game. And, you know, he talks about the enjoyment. And I know you brought that up earlier, Byron. He he doesn't care who he taps to that's or who he taps out. That's not important to Kane. For him, and each person is going to be different. Some people are going to care more about tapping people out, who they tap. Some people are going to care more about their belt, care more about their competition record. It. It, everybody's going to be different, 
Um, so don't if somebody cares more about belt or competition and you care more about enjoyment don't let that discourage you and like Kane says for him it's how much he enjoys jiu-jitsu he said that's very important to us and you know he also likes positional dominance and overall understanding of the game and he doesn't care about winning the winning a competition that doesn't matter as much to him so um so definitely uh you know you gotta have the overall package you know look at all these different things you may not be doing as great you know let's say your belt let's say you haven't you've been training for two years and you haven't really increased your belt but i guarantee you your knowledge has went there and hopefully your enjoyment has so um uh, you know it's a long process but make it positive and and you're going to be a better better grappler just from uh you know measuring yourself positively there we go it's uh it's something that was not often talked about it's very hard to do um, often it's easier just to keep keep your nose to the grindstone, keep training hard, and trust that you're getting better. And really, you are. It's hard to come in and do something on a regular basis and not get better at it. Um, but uh, it, it's often like, am I getting better? That little thought in the back of your head. Um, it, so it's kind of a way to help you with that thought. And, and to, to, it's motivating. If you feel like you're getting better, of course you're going to keep coming in and keep getting better. So we'll put a link to that article in the show notes. Uh, check out the website. There's tons of great articles on the website. So uh, a lot of stuff there for you. Not just this one, obviously. And we didn't cover everything he, he mentioned exhaustively. So uh, a lot more to go on that one. So if you're interested in measuring uh, your success or measuring your development on the mat, check out the article. Gary, I don't know what to do now because usually uh, right before the uh, interview, we'll play the little segment with the uh, uh, most interesting grappler and the music comes on and it tells everybody, Hey, the interview is next. But now I don't think we're going to do that because there's no interview time. But, uh, I, I do remember one of our most interesting grappler little lines that we said was when he invites a friend to show up to class, they actually go to class. <laughs> Cause how many times is it that you say, yeah, be there. I'll be there too. You, you make a special effort to show up when your friend's there be there at six thirty or whatever time it is. And they don't show up. That happens all the time. It seems like. Yeah, it does. And, and you know, even besides that, it's, it's so hard to show up to that first class. Um, did you have somebody to bring you to your first class? No, I did not Gary. I had to, I had to, uh, go all by my lonesome Gary. Yeah, see, I was that same way, and and I, I gotta admit, I had uh, kept telling myself I was gonna go, and you know, a week turned into next week, turned into the week after, and you know, I finally uh, uh, braved it. I guarantee you, I would hit that very first time I thought about going if I had a friend. Yeah. Um, so, so definitely, you know, we need to expose our friends to this sport, you know, and and bring them and make it a easy time because it's never easy to walk and walk through that door. Yeah, and so. For uh, this is a huge topic, I think, for us because we've all been there. If you've trained for six months or or even any longer than that, you've had people ask you about jujitsu. I mean, maybe your first week, you're telling them how great it is, and, and they're going to be interested in doing it for themselves or maybe for you know their kids, their family members, whatever. And and you are the person who's going to do that for them uh, to expose them. So we want you to give the best possible exposure to jujitsu, to your club, to your gym, um, to the people that are there. And I think really this, this list of stuff we have here will help you out. Uh, Gary and I are going to share some, some advice, some stuff that's happened to us and kind of uh, how it could have gone better or maybe why it went so good. Um, so uh, here we go, Gary, we're going to, here's our uh, tips for bringing 
your friend to class, which is a huge topic because hopefully you have a friend and hopefully you go to class and maybe you can merge the two together and, uh, and introduce somebody to why uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu was so great. And, you know, just uh, another little positive. You're definitely bringing your friend to class, exposing that person to Jiu-Jitsu. But you think about if your buddy sticks with Jiu-Jitsu, it's going to make your class, your every time you go, that much more enjoyable. You have a better chance of sticking to it also. Yeah. So, I mean, we're not just talking about the benefits for your friend. We're talking about benefits for you too. So, um, you know, just bringing a friend or, you know, to classes is just huge. Yeah. Um, so I, I, so. I read an article about fitness and one of the biggest things that somebody could do to get fit and to stay fit because – yeah, getting fit is tough. Staying fit is like a freaking miracle to most people. But it's to have a friend, have a partner, have somebody to be accountable to, uh, to train, to train with. So in the article, they were more talking about, you know, like somebody you run with or somebody you meet at the gym and lift weights with, something like that. But really get your, your friend to join your class. Uh, you're going to be accountable. Hey, I thought we were going to train last night. Where were you? That type of a thing can actually help you stay on the mat longer. And hopefully you're getting that from your current training partners. They'll eventually become friends if you're fairly new. They're your friends right now if you've been training for a while, I hope. So, uh, but getting that friendship on the mat, getting, getting somebody there to help motivate you to go train is a, is a big deal for your long-term success. So yeah, there is, it's, a, I look at it mostly as, um, a benefit to your friend. But really, like Gary says, it's a benefit to both of you. You're going to have that friend on the mat that, person from it's always weird to have somebody from off the mat that you don't see on, and like oh they're here they're at jiu-jitsu now this is kind of weird it's like uh something's off you know but really something is on something's something's right they're checking it out they're they're trying to do for the first time or maybe for the first week or whatever um so uh gary what would you say the main goals are uh when you bring a friend in for their first class well first of all I, I want them to be safe and have fun. Um, those are the two important ones. I, I think a lot of times, um, well, you know, let's even go back before that. Like I tell people at jujitsu and, you know, try to, and, you know, they all, first of all, they think I'm an MMA fighter, you know, just from doing jujitsu. But, you know, then I, I talk to them about it, how great of exercise it is, how much I love it. And a lot of times they won't, you won't really go in depth with you because they, they feel a little stupid that they don't know everything about it. You know, it's a, it's my passion. It's not their passion yet. Yet is the key word. But what I find that happens a lot of times is I, I forget to explain to them that jujitsu is not MMA. Like I, I see a lot of people, you know, especially I'll talk to a lot of people at work and I'm a banker and, um, you know, we'll be talking about jujitsu or whatever, but they automatically think that they're going to get punched in the face. And, and I know there's a lot of people who don't want to get punched in the face or kicked in the leg or kicked in the ribs. They, but they don't mind, you know, trying to submit somebody or wrestling. And I think a lot of times I forget to tell that. And one, uh, one guy I've now had training with me for probably five, six years, um, who worked with me, his name's Mike. And, uh, actually Byron and I trained with him this morning. I remember, I guess I didn't explain it too well to him. Mike is really loved lifting. He's, he looks like a bodybuilder. He's a really, really strong guy. And we'd talk about working out all the time and we worked at different locations, but he would have to call me up for approvals. So we would talk on the phone and, you know, and we'd start out talking about work, but then, uh, we'd always go to working out after that. 
And so I kept trying to get him to come up on, we used to train on Saturday morning and open mat and I'd try to get him to come up. And, and so I finally convinced him to come up, but you know, the crazy part was, is he told me this afterwards is he thought he was coming up for kind of a CrossFit class. He had no clue that we were going to get on the mat and grapple. And so, I mean, he's now stuck with it and he's a very good jujitsu guy, but the crazy thing is I realized from that one that I guess, you know, cause I would talk to him about CrossFit, you know, at that time I was doing a little bit of CrossFit conditioning beforehand, uh, you know, with some of my training partners. So, and I guess maybe we talked a little bit more about CrossFit than jujitsu. So I really did a, a bad thing there by not explaining enough what jujitsu was. I'm glad he stuck with it, but it's now everybody else I bring, I kind of make sure they know what jujitsu is. You're not going to get punched in the face unless you want to and I'll introduce you unless I, then I'll introduce you to an MMA school or some of my MMA friends who will take you under their wing. Yeah. But, that, so I think that's a very important thing and something that I forgot on that time. It actually worked out good, but a lot of people still do not a hundred percent know what jujitsu is. Yeah. That's a, that's a great thing to bring up, Gary. I'm glad you, you mentioned that it's, uh, you know, the person when they, they may not even be interested at all because I'm not doing that. I'm not going in there and, and, and fighting people in a cage. And that's not for me. I, I prefer to, to run or lift weights, whatever. But they're in, they, they want to know what you're doing. They're just interested in it. Just to, you know, people are interested in each other. Well, that's when you got to tell them, Hey, you come check it out. It's fun. It's grappling. Um, you know, they'll be like, it looks like a lot like wrestling, but with submissions. And we train in a way that's very safe. We're very, uh, cognizant of the fact that we're doing some dangerous things and and we're, we're we know that that gray area very well and and we train with safety in mind and and if you want to come check it out i'd be happy to bring you in and just kind of take that initial stress of i'm going to start mma tomorrow and make it i'm going to check out some jiu-jitsu class tomorrow and see what my friend does take it from that level to 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 come out and see what you do and try to make it not a big deal. You're not going to get your face stomped in. You're not going to end up fighting Tito Ortiz or anything like that. You know, like <laughs> you're going to have a good time and tell him, I'm going to, we'll work out a time when we could both go together. I recommend that. You know, you know, if you, if you're out of town, let's say you're gone on, on a trip for a while and they want to come train, uh, hey, send them, send them the contact information. Say, hey, go have fun. But if you could be there, if there's any way, be there when your friend is there for the first yeah, class. I think that's a really important important concept right there. You know, meet your friend somewhere. Pick them up um, or, you know, or meet them in the parking lot. But if you tell your friend that you were training at 7, you know, 7 at night because definitely I'm not getting up at 7 a.m. <laughs> but let's say 7 at night. Make sure – and you're going to meet him in the parking lot. Make sure you're there at quarter of. Make sure you're there before he gets there um, or she. Um, you know, don't show up at 7.05 so this guy's walking in late on his very first class. Um, you know, think about you. Put your, put yourself in those shoes. How would you like, you know, to be treated that first day? Don't you want somebody there to hold your hand uh, to help you through and who's there before you and is there early? Um, I always try to, uh, if I can, pick the person up. And, um, but if not, I'll, I'll meet him somewhere or I'll make sure I'll get there nice and early. But, uh, I think that's a good, great point you brought up there, Byron. Yeah. Uh, make sure you're, you're there on time. And, you know, once I get there, once, once we walk in, oh, um, another one, I, I know you kind of put this on our little, uh, cheat sheet here, but, um, you know, here's a good one too. Even if you're bringing the person in, 
tell your instructor, tell your professor, um, tell your teacher that you're bringing this person in. Um, that way, your instructor's, you know, ready for it. Your your instructor knows that person is going to be coming in. And let's just say you did mess up the cardinal rule that we just talked about, you know, make sure you're there before your friend. Let's just say your friend walks in and, you know, he's looking around and doesn't see anybody. You know, if that instructor has a has a hint that somebody's coming, be like, hey, are you, you know, Gary Hall, Byron Jabara's friend? It's just going to make you feel that much more comfortable as you walked in. Um, and even if you did bring your friend in yourself, you, you, you got there beforehand or you picked him up, when that guy goes in and the instructor already knows, you know, hey, Byron told me you're coming, you know, glad to have you. We're welcome. You know, we're glad you, you showed up. It's going to make you that much. It's going to make you feel that much more comfortable and uh, probably a better chance of sticking with it. And it helps that instructor kind of cheat a little bit with remembering their name. I'm not the best with names. I always try to remember people's names. But if, if I send uh, my uh, instructor or the whoever's running the gym, hey, Bob's coming in today and uh, he's my friend from work or whatever and, and uh, I'm going to be there too, it already lets them know the name. So that's one shot they get. Okay, Bob. The guy's name is Bob. Okay, I can maybe remember Bob. Kind of a pretty common name. I should be able to get that. And then, so when they meet him, he's how my Bob. Oh, you must be Byron's friend. Great. And then later on, when he says, "Doing good, Bob," that kind of helps out that relationship between the, the the coach and the and the student there. Just yeah. that little bit. Just giving that coach, even they might even realize you did it. Like the name of the person could really help that that person feel welcomed into that gym. You know what I was just thinking about. Uh, especially if, let's say I was an instructor and you told me uh, you're bringing in a new student, Bob. And let's just say I have a, a big whiteboard or, or something where people, you know, write moves on or, or you know, talking about um, the next tournament coming yeah. up or little news. I was just thinking that if I was an instructor and, and you told me that Bob's coming in, I think I would go over there and say, hey, welcome to so-and-so jiu-jitsu school, Bob. You know, welcome Bob Johnson to so-and-so jiu-jitsu school. I just think that might be pretty cool. You imagine you're the new student, you walk in and you see your name right there. Um, somebody, you know, besides everybody else being nice to you, but just uh, your name on the board saying, hey, welcome to the school. Yeah, I and then that's, nice. a, that's a great point, Gary. And But, and like, everybody at the on the mass that night has a pretty good chance of being able to look at the board and say, okay, his name is Bob Johnson. Yeah, and so yeah. everybody can know your name the first day. Nobody's going to forget your name. Yeah, yeah. that's a great idea, yeah. Gary. Yeah, yeah. And the other thing I like to do is when somebody tells me their name, you know, let's say they say, hey, I'm Byron Jabara, I'll always repeat it. You know, hey, Byron Jabara, I'm Gary Hall. Sounds kind of weird, but it kind of helps me remember that name because I, I'm, I'm really bad with names, so I always try to repeat their name real quick. Here, here, that's a good point, Gary. And I know it's getting so like it's really we're just talking about like meeting somebody on the mat, but the, knowing somebody's name is a big deal. And what I do, repeat it back, and then if I know somebody with that name, let's say I met somebody today named Gary. Okay, I do. I happen, I happen to know a Gary, and he's talking to me right now. But if I met a new guy named Gary, I would picture my friend Gary Hall like punching the guy in the face or triangle choking the person or just just quick little image to kind of stick those two people together. And then I'll be way more likely to remember that guy's name's Gary. Yeah, or if definitely. I could rhyme their name with something, uh, I'll do that as well. But uh, it, definitely if you already know somebody with the same name, put them together, maybe just act like they're good friends or so, some sort of a, of a mental picture makes name remembering way easier. Yep. And... Another great point is uh, we kind of I kind of 
glossed over. I kind of skipped a, a spot, you know, since we're talking about names. But so let's say I picked my buddy up uh, at his house or his apartment and drove him to the school. We go into the go into the school. Um, I'm going to uh, introduce him to the instructor, which hopefully the inst- I already told the instructor is coming. But I'm also going to introduce him to everybody there. Um, I'm the guy who's been at that school. I know people. And boy, if uh, if you come into a school and and I'm introducing you to everybody there. It's just that much easier to make friends. It's that much easier. Um, hey, this is my buddy, John. It's his first day training. You know, hey, if you get out there and I'm out with him, you know, please teach him and, and be nice to him. He's a great guy. And, you know, that goes a lot. That goes a long way versus somebody just walking into a school. And, and even if you just walk into school, most people are going to be very, very nice to you. But I do think it helps with that personal warm handoff. You know, I'm I'm introducing you to people and kind of, you know, hey, this is my buddy. Please uh, be very nice to him. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good point, Gary. And it's, you may not get to be able to introduce them to everybody, depending on how big, if the class is small, yes. Yeah, I mean, it's totally, uh, a great idea to introduce them to everybody. If it's got 30 to 40 people or more, it's kind of becomes difficult to, to get that person to get introduced to everybody. But definitely, let's say you have a class of four, 30 people, even 20. You definitely need to have that person, have your friend, uh, what was the guy's name? Uh, Bob Johnson. You need to have Bob. Uh, shake the hands of two or three people for sure. Get their names and say, these people, uh, are my teammates. They're nice. If, if you have a question and I'm not around, ask them because eventually our friend Bob is going to have to go to this class when we're not there. And that's just yep. helping that develop and, and helping it. Well, sorry, Bob. I'm not going to make it today. I got to work. Well, Bob could either decide to not go or Bob could say, Oh yeah, yeah Gary's there. I, I know Gary. Gary would probably be yep. there. I can go train tonight. So, uh, getting some kind of some friendship started, getting that thing going, getting that snowball rolling down the hill uh, is definitely going to help out, uh, our friend Bob as he, uh, learns to, to really incorporate jujitsu into his lifestyle and, and, and to incorporate, uh, the mat into, to feeling normal. Yep. And, you know, before, you know, as we're talking, you know, I'm telling him about it and he decides to uh, show up and I go pick him up and I bring him in to introduce people. Um, I'm also going to, while we walk in or even beforehand, I'm also going to kind of teach him about the rules and etiquette, um, you know, and just little things that he, she may, or he, since we're talking about Bob Johnson, <laughs> may not know, um, you know, like walking on the mat. Um, we definitely don't want people walking on the mat with their shoes and, and, you know, uh, a newcomer is not going to know that, um, you know, things like that, uh, things about, uh, you know, if you're going to use the restroom and, and you've already changed, you know, bring a pair of, uh, uh, or flip flops with you, you know, so you can go you in and out of the bathroom, just, just little things like that. Um, you know, Hey, you might want to bring a mouth guard. Um, some people train with a mouth guard, some don't, but, uh, you know, if you value your chiclets or, or, you know, you got braces on, <laughs> you might want to do that. Um, you know, same thing with the cup. Some places will allow cups. Some don't. Some people train with one. I, I personally don't, but, um, let them know, um, you know, wrestling shoes, is that allowed? Um, is that the way you do it or, you know, and, and make sure your buddy doesn't wear socks. Um, I, I've seen that happen. It's always good to have, have, uh, you know, somebody to help you out there, whether or not, uh, wear socks, shoes, what do you wear? Yeah. And as, as, so as we've gotten inside, you, you hopefully were able to drive them at least, at least meet them there, uh, give them good directions on how to get there, uh, kind of told them what to expect as far as not breaking any, 
uh, norms and, and breaking any of our uh, standards that we have, you know, cleanliness and keeping the mat clean and, and not uh, doing anything too uh, bad. Uh, especially maybe your coach has a couple of pet peeves. Let them know, you know, like don't let them, don't set them up for success. Don't start them yeah. uh, down the path of failure before they even get a chance. So I like what you said there, Byron, set them up for success. That's, that's awesome little line right there. So keep in mind that, uh, that your main goal for their first class is not to show them the best arm bar in the world or how to defend themselves from a knife fight or what happens when somebody takes your back. You know, your main goals should be to to have your friend have a good time and to keep them safe and to make them feel that they're safe. Uh, these two things happen. Uh, these two goals get accomplished. That's the best you could do. Uh, it, whether they like jujitsu or they don't, whether they have a, a deeper interest in it after the day or they say, oh, that wasn't for me. Um, as long as they had fun, you could not like jujitsu and have fun for one day. I mean, you laugh at a good joke. You could you could meet new people that are interesting, and you could feel like you're safe. Um, if there's a chance that they like jujitsu, that's what you've done. You've you've given that exposure in a positive way. So keep that in mind as as the class is starting. Keep them safe. Keep them having a good time. You know, whether they do the perfect armbar or not, don't make them feel like an idiot that takes out the fun. If they don't have a, a clue what a guard is, don't make them feel like they're, uh, they should, they should watch a bunch of YouTube. Keep it fun and like explain the, what things are happening. Um, but those are your main goals for me when I bring somebody to class. Keep them safe. Keep them fun. I, and I definitely don't want to have somebody come in, uh, check out jujitsu and end up getting busted up and hurt. Uh, <laughs> I, I would feel terrible, Carrie, if that happened to somebody I brought in. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And and I like what you said about keep it fun. I know we talked about encouraging. So this is the time when you're training with them or you're watching them, you know, drill. You're not correcting them on everything. Just encourage them, you know, and say, hey, good job, you know, uh, keep doing it, have fun. Um, so we're not here to, uh, you know, nitpick everything. We, we want them to be safe and have fun. So uh, definitely encourage them. Yeah, and you need to be having fun too. Like, uh, I could tell, it's like if you go to a party and everyone's kind of like, ah, not having a good time and kind of blah, we're here, but we got to be here for another hour and we'll be done. But if everyone's having fun, you'll have fun too. So yeah, make that contagious. Me, yeah, it kind of reminds me of the movie Revenge of the Nerds, where uh, the Tri Lambs invite the national chapter to their party and everybody's sitting around and, you know, the, the, national chapter guys are not having fun at all but then all of a sudden they break out the ukulele and their and the uh, uh polka whatever they use that thing in polka music and and they just start having fun they start playing music and everybody has fun so uh you know we want to make sure that they have fun yeah having having fun is contagious i mean if if you're around people who are fun having fun you should also kind of click into that gear and, and and get up to that speed as well yep and you talk about keeping them safe and you know, a lot of gyms do have people uh, that train a little bit harder. Uh, some people who, you know, just like to go, you know, 100%. It doesn't matter if you're new. They're going to they're gonna cross-face a new guy. They're going to, uh, you know, put a ton of shoulder pressure on. They're going to, you know, yank the arms. And, and it's happened. I mean, a lot of gyms have somebody like that. And so, you know, I know you said earlier you're kind of the ambassador of jiu-jitsu. So you also need to, you know, be the police officer and watch out. You need to uh, 
um, set your buddy up for, for success, set him up, you know, set Bob up with, with good roles, you know, make sure he's going to be with guys who are going to treat him with respect and courtesy, guys that are going to encourage him, guys that are going to teach him, guys that aren't going to go out there and fold his teeth back and, you know, dislocate his elbow. So, um, and, you know, I know we could go on and on about if that person should even be in, in, you know, classes, if he's good or bad influence, but, everybody knows somebody like that. So, um, I tell, I have friends all the time that come for first time and I'll say, Hey, watch out for that guy. And I will even tell my friends, especially like if I take them to an open mat or something, it's like, Hey, I'll set up all your matches for you. I'll, you know, I'll set up who you roll with. And, and the way I do it is kind of like what we're talking about a handoff again, you know, Hey, Byron, this is my buddy, Bob Johnson. Hey, Bob, this is his first day. He's never wrestled. He's never done jujitsu. He's brand new. You know, Hey, could you, you know, show him some stuff, just flow roll with him, I'll always say, or slow roll, you know, and, and I, I just think, uh, and rarely will, it, actually, it's never happened. I, I just never had anybody turn that down. Um, you know, they're, I'm a training partner. I'm a friend. Like Byron said earlier, once you start training, you get some really deep friends and deep and close friends. And, and if I ask you to do something, normally you're going to do it. And, yeah. Uh, that's what friends do. So they're going to take care of my friend because there's a good chance that's going to be their friend in the future too. Yeah, and really, Gary's explaining that more than so. When Gary brings somebody new in, he he goes, "Hey, Byron, we roll this with my friend here." Uh, that's all he says. He knows, uh, but I mean, to cover your bases, you might need to tell your friend that. Uh, with, I can do with that respect. with Byron. Yeah, he knows I'm not going to beat him up. He knows that that we're going to uh, either go over some stuff or maybe just kind of just get some mat time and and kind of wrestle around and work on positions and, and 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 answer some questions that pop up. But he knows what to expect, and that's really what you're doing. Remember when you're talking about um, trying to measure yourself against other people? Well, the, the, to me, the, the new white belt, you know, three months or less is having a hard time measuring himself or herself against anybody. So when the new person comes in, they want to measure against that person because that's a, a sh- sign that they're getting better than they were the first day. And so that's oftentimes <laughs> one of the worst people to pair them up with is another brand new person because uh, one person still has uh, that desire to tap somebody out, uh, that desire to show themselves that they're getting better. The other person has no idea what's coming at them. So a lot of times you end up getting, an, uh, you're, you end up mashing your friend up with the pearl belts, the brown belts, the blue belts, and black belts, like because they, they know they could do it, but it's really more about personality. Yeah, there are plenty of brown belts that will just smash somebody. That's not the person to match them up with. Match them up with the blue belt, who's a very friendly person, who's going to uh, make sure that they have fun during their first role. Something I also like to do um, beforehand. So this might be, uh, you know, while uh, we're at the class before it started or before we even show up. So maybe the day before, whatever. I like to explain to them what to expect, uh, how how the class is going to go. And this takes away a lot of nervousness because um, what, what happens is the person comes in the class and they're expecting um kind of like karate class full of a bunch of kids and they walk in and it's got a bunch of sweaty adults who are freaking studs you know like and tattoos all over them yeah scary situation tell them what to expect and don't tell them uh, that they're going to come into a room full of studs but tell them okay here's what's going to happen since you're coming in on a Thursday there'll probably be between 30 to 40 people there Um, we're going to get there a little bit early there's kind of a social thing I'll introduce you to some friends uh, of mine that like to get you to to, to know, um, then we're gonna. So this is how how it's done at Fox Fitness. So I'm just gonna kind of walk you through that. Um, then we'll line up. 
will line up in belt ranks. So when that comes to that time to line up, you're going to go line up with the other people who are pretty new, and I'll point you to that direction. And then uh, we'll listen to the opening uh, little talk of the day, kind of what's going to happen today and what's going on with the gym. And then we'll bow, and then we're going to do a warm-up. That warm-up might be running. We might run for a little while. We might jog. We might do some stretches. Uh, and then we'll probably do some um, some stuff down the mat, some kind of gymnastic style of, of a warm-up to help us get our bodies loose and help us do some movements that are common on the mat. After that, it, we'll probably get a drink. It's, we've probably been there for 20 minutes or so of warm-up time. And then we're going to learn some techniques. So this is where I'm going to come find you. I'm going to partner up with you. And uh, and I don't know what techniques we're going to learn today or tomorrow, whatever day we're going to be there. But I don't know, Bob, I don't know what kind of techniques we're going to do, but we're going to kind of go over these and, and, and we're going to learn something. And so this is, uh, um, and sometimes I tell them this, sometimes I don't. But like, Rarely is the first class somebody goes to a good first class. Like we'll be learning a uh, counter to some sweep. They don't even know the sweep to start with. So like, so, but, but take it with a grain of salt. You're here to learn the class and, and we'll, we're going to learn the technique and I'm going to partner up with you so that that's not going to be nervous. Uh, we'll do the technique for probably about 20 minutes or so. Uh, we'll do some adjustments to that technique and, and kind of learn a little bit more about that. After that, you know, we've been there for almost an hour. We're going to start to roll. Um, you might want to watch the first round. I'll be happy to roll with you. And, and your gym may or may not allow that, but um, basically at uh, where I'm training, they let me roll with people I bring in uh, for their first day because they know that they're going to have fun during the process uh, on the mat. But uh, your your instructor might say, hey, you know, it's your first night. Sit back and watch. And then so tell them that. And that's fine, too, because they, they get to see that it's not a death match. If the people are having fun and people are, are rolling, make sure they don't roll on top of anybody else and, and that sort of thing. But so then we'll roll. I'll roll with you and, uh, and, and you kind of do the techniques we learned today. And if you have, if you have an idea of something else, try that. That's great. Um, I'll give you a little bit of tips and, and, and we'll have fun. We'll roll for about five minutes. Uh, timer will go off and we'll switch partners. And if you want to take a break, that's fine. Or if you want to roll with somebody else, I'll, I'll be happy to, to show you somebody else to, to roll with and, and keep you with people who are going to make, uh, make sure it's fun. And, uh, and, and it really help you avoid people who would give you a bad roll your first night. So that's kind of what I say. And then after that, we line up and we, we bow, we'll talk a little bit and, uh, and then we're, we're dismissed and, uh, and that's class, and, and it should be a lot of fun. I'm glad you're coming into class today. And uh, I feel like I'm monologuing a lot of time here, Gary, so I'm going to just yeah, pass it over to you. <laughs> yeah, you used a lot of positive words, you know, as you're telling them about it. Everything's positive. But, you know, a couple little things, too. You talked about, uh, you know, we'll probably stop and take a drink of water. Let him know if he needs to bring water oh, yeah. or do you have a water fountain there. You know, that's always, always uh, important, um, you know, because you definitely, when you're thirsty – you don't want to, you want to have water. And, uh, and so definitely make sure they know if they have water. And, you know, I always like to kind of explain some of the terminology. What does roll mean? You know, Hey, it's time to roll. Uh, what's that mean? We're going to lie down and roll up and down the mat. No, rollings are kind of like a sparring or, or, or wrestling, uh, whatever you want to call it. So let them know. And, and, you know, you, you talk to them about, you know, standing in line, you know, highest to lowest belt. Do you guys bow? You know, if you do, let, you know, show them that. But, you know, also too, like, you know, just the, the customs, uh, the, the fist bump, the, the slap fist bump and then roll, you know, teach them little things like that. Like, Hey, this is what, uh, you know, people are going to do to say hello. This is what you're going to do right before you roll. They're going to, you know, slap fist bump and then you're going to roll. So, uh, little things like that just will make, uh, make it that much more positive experience. Yeah, you mentioned uh, tell them if they need to bring water, bring water. That's huge. If you forget that and they need to bring it, 
bring an extra water for your friend. If if your friend is having, I do that all the time. Yeah, yeah, I know. I, that's I, where I got, I got it from you, from you, Gary. You. I got it from yep. you, Gary. <laughs> oh, okay. I you're, I stole it from you. you're you're a great host and a great uh, person to to bring people in. So I uh, I learned a lot from that. But if if your friend is coming in and and breaking all the social norms and breaking all the the jitsu unwritten rules and the written rules, that's your fault. Like they don't know these to begin with. And maybe the coach should tell them, hey, you know, hey, please don't get your shoes on the mat. You know, we end up our faces end up on the mat, and who knows where your shoes have been. Uh, but that's. It's your friend. You should have told them that ahead of time. So take that responsibility. It's kind of like if you go somewhere and, and, and your kids end up trashing uh, the store. Well, your kid did it, but you, they're, they're your child. So take that responsibility and, and, and do the right thing and, and help them. Like we said before, set them up for success. Tell them uh, how they could do a good job at this and, and that'll help their enjoyment. It, they're, they'll be less likely to have fun if they're constantly getting uh, corrected on little things that they're doing incorrect. Because I didn't know I couldn't go into the to the bathroom and not wear shoes, and and I had to wash my hands. What are you telling? Are you serious? <laughs> Hopefully, you don't have to tell your friend to wash their hands. About, but yeah, tell them about clipping his nails. Yeah, you know, stuff like that. Hey, put some deodorant on if you're coming straight from work. <laughs> you never know. I mean, those those things. Nobody wants to be the stinky guy. And you could, no, yeah, that know. that could get rid of the stinky guy before that even starts. You could say, hey, yep. you just do is very close personal contact. Everybody there is kind of uh, neat freaks when it comes to hygiene. So if you have time to grab a quick shower before you get on the mat, great. If you yeah. don't, add some deodorant. Definitely you should have showered today. So if you didn't, if you're one of the, if you shower at night, you've, you know, maybe you should shower first thing in the morning before you had to work, if you're going to go to work. But, you know, people in Jitsu want you to be clean because they're going to know if you're not. Where here at work, yeah. we all kind of deal with you stinking. <laughs> yeah. But I always tell, I always give my friends coupons to get a pedicure. Pedicure before they come. You know, I tell them to do that. No, I'm actually just kidding about that part. But, um, you know, um, and then after your training's over, you, you've all done, um, you know, you went home for the night or, you know, for the day, depending on what time you train. You know, w- any good advice for the next day, Byron? Like, uh, well, I, I remember, you- okay, so you mentioned if you could pick them up and give them a ride, do that. And I remember driving, uh, my cousin Matthew, he was interested in jiu-jitsu for, uh, quite a while when he, he was training and, uh, it was before he was even old enough to drive. I, I would pick him up, take him to, to class, and and it was great because he would always have a question going in the class, and we'd talk about it or whatever. We go work out, and then coming home, he would always have new questions, and and we awesome. didn't have stuff to talk about. And and really, it's about uh, sometimes anyway. It's about like getting something off your mind. Like I got tapped in the tightest freaking guillotine. I I don't I don't understand what happened. Okay. That happened, whatever. But just being able to vent it and to say, and to hear me say, yeah, that guy guillotines everybody. That yeah. helps make it uh, less of a big deal. So having that, especially your first day, if you, if you do drive them, that conversation on the ride home is going to happen sure. anyway, but it's actually kind of an important thing that, that often doesn't even happen because they drive themselves home and they, oh, well, man, I got my butt kicked today. Well, that sucked. And I don't know if I want to do that again. But opposed to if you're in the car with them. <laughs> like yeah, I got that yeah, guy kicks my butt too sometimes, and and you know that uh, just that that conversation helps them uh, get get it out, and that's an important process for recovering from your first day on the mats, if especially if it doesn't go that well. Yep, and if you don't drive them, you know, send them a text at night, um, send them a text or call them the next day. You know, hey, how was the class? Did you enjoy it? Do you have any questions? Uh, when are you planning on going again? Uh, 
you know, I, I could meet you there that day and, or, Hey, I can't make it that day, but Hey, you remember Byron? I know he's going to be there that day. I'll tell him to be on the lookout for you, you know, make it as easy as possible, you know, for a return invite and, you know, be there for all their questions, you know, uh, encourage them. Like we said, you know, text them, you know, just say, Hey, I'm glad you came tonight. You know, I hope everything uh, went well. If you have any questions, you know, holler at me. Yeah. Let, let's just say, Gary, I go to, you invite me to class. You know, let's, let's stick with Bob. I like Bob. Uh, we, we invited Bob to class and, uh, he was safe. We had a reasonably good time and, uh, I feel like it went well. You know, it's kind of like, uh, like a date, you know, like, yeah, I feel like that day went well. So you text or call Bob the next day or so. And Bob's like, yeah, thanks for showing me, but it's really not for me. That's okay. It's, yeah. you know, that's what happens on a day sometimes. So what? You had fun. She's not that into you or he's not that yeah. into you, whatever. It, that's okay. That I get that a lot. I've gotten that a lot. Uh, but it, that's not a big deal. They tried it out. Um, maybe they, the, a lot of, I think a lot of times it's the close personal contact or it's the claustrophobia of, of somebody kind of being in your space and not being able to get rid of them. And that's, I mean, hopefully you didn't set them up with a bunch of bad roles to avoid that sort of thing right off the bat. But if somebody could clearly tell that it's not for them, the first class, don't make a big deal. Don't say it. Don't tease them about not coming in again. Hey, thanks for trying it out. I'm glad you did. If you're interested, yeah. let me know. Yeah. Just because we love jujitsu so much, not everybody's going to feel that way. There is a big dropout rate in jujitsu. It's a tough sport. It's close contact. It's We're sweating on each other. We're grinding on each other. We're, we're uh, you know, nicks and dings and injuries. It's going to happen. So a lot of people, it's just not their sport. It, I don't care. You know, I'm not going to, I mean, I do care. I want people to train, but I'm not going to look differently at somebody. Hey, I appreciate you trying it. You know, like Byron said, if you want to try it again, you know, Hey, I'm here for you. You let me know. And, uh, and you know, Hey, you, you're still going to be that much closer of a friend. That guy showed up one time and let's say his thing is yoga. And Bob says, Hey Gary, you want to try a yoga class? And I've never tried one. I'm probably going to do it. You know, Hey, Bob tried out jujitsu for me. He does yoga every day. I'm going to check it out. And who knows? Maybe I, I like yoga and, uh, you know, find another hobby too. So, uh, um, you know, vice versa. Yeah. It, it, I, I hate to see somebody get harassed for showing up and not going, not liking it because it happens. So people, uh, some people don't like it. Some people are just way too busy to make it a reality and to get yeah. in there more than once every couple of months. So, um, yeah. it, you got to understand where people are coming from. Uh, thank them for, for showing up. Remember that you are that, the ambassador for jujitsu. So uh, most people don't know anybody that trains jujitsu, but they're lucky enough. The people that know you are lucky enough to know you and that you train jujitsu. So that's, that's why they're doing it. Yeah. They're doing it because of you talking about it. They like you, you the ambassador. So they're going to try something out that you're, you're passionate about. I mean, it, it may not be their thing, but it's up to us to tell as many people about it, you know, Hey, you ever, you ever seen that? And most people have seen UFC and know a little bit about, you know, jujitsu, but there's still a lot of people who don't. So we need to explain the benefits, what it is. And, and Hey, if you try it, you try it. If you did try it and you don't like it, I'm not going to push you. It's what good does that do? And, um, but you know, I'm going to encourage you while you're trying it. I'm going to bring it up. And, and if, if you show any type of interest, boy, I'm going to light up and uh, do everything possible to uh, make your experience awesome. 
Yeah, we've, Gary, out of 150 episodes, we've had a lot of people on this show as guests and as interviews. And, and I don't know how many it is, but it's a lot of them will say they started jujitsu because their friend did jujitsu or yep. their neighbor did jujitsu or something like that. And that's really just somebody being an ambassador for jujitsu and sharing it with them, bringing them into their first class and really letting it uh, develop from there. But yeah. that's got to be you sometimes. You have to be that person to, to, yeah. to go out and reach in for people. And Byron is that person. I mean, he's to be honest, he's just not talking. And, and I want to bring up a story about what happened this morning. And this morning I could only roll for like 30 minutes. I had to go into work. So I asked somebody to show up 15 minutes early and so I could roll 45 minutes. That's so how much of a junkie I am. But as I was walking in, I saw a truck parked outside. And uh, that I'd never seen before. So as I get out of my car, there's a guy who gets out of the car also. And um, he uh, – so we kind of walk in together. I introduce myself, ask him his name and everything. And as we go through the door, you know, I hold the door for him and, and I invite him to the guy that kind of opens up the gym for us and kind of, uh, you know, is kind of the the head guy there. Um, he's not an instructor, but he's kind of the guy who – His name is Bob though. <laughs> yeah, his name is Bob. So Bob opens the gym for us. But so – um, so Bob, Ben, Bob's a great guy too, like this. He's an ambassador. So, you know, Bob's, uh, teaching him a little bit. I, I look over in the corner, I see Bob teaching him. And, and since I had a short time, I, I really only rolled with two guys and I was rolling a hundred percent and we were really going at it. So as I, I, as I finally have to get up the mat to get ready to go to work, I, I jump into the, you know, the shower, take a shower, get out of the locker room. As I come out, the first guy I see is Byron there on the edge of the mat. And he is working with that new guy. And Byron walked in late, as usual. Byron uh, shows up late on Saturday mornings. That's true. And, That's uh, true. Yeah, nothing wrong with that. It's just an open gym. But um, And I don't know if this was Byron's first guy he rolled with. I assume it probably was. But this is the type of guy Byron was. Is he's over there. I see him on the edge of the mat working with a new guy. And he's he's not killing him. He's showing him stuff. And, and I just see Byron do this all the time. And, uh, you know, I know that we're talking about this, but I don't – I just really want to bring up that Byron's one of the best guys I've ever seen, like really, really always working with the new guys. And and where we are trying at today is not Byron's school. Byron, uh, you know, is a, a instructor at one of the local schools here. But this was just an open mat. Byron doesn't know this guy from Adam. Um, he didn't need to put that time in. It's not like he's building his school or, or looking for this guy as a student. Byron's looking – you know, to spread jujitsu. He's just a genuine, nice guy trying to help new guys out. And I see this every single week with Byron. He's always the guy who's working with a new guy. And, um, you know, I, I can, I guarantee there's a lot of people here in Wichita, Kansas that say, you know, Hey, you know, I started jujitsu. I was, I was very afraid to start jujitsu. And man, I just remember that first day I walked in the gym that, that, you know, I walked in, I didn't know anybody because this guy came in with nobody. And uh, it's like, man, I guarantee you, I probably wouldn't be doing it if it wasn't for Byron. He made me feel so comfortable that first day. And then not only does Byron do that, and, and I didn't stick around because I had to leave, but I guarantee you, Byron introduced him around to other people too. I, I've just seen him do it. So, uh, you know, kudos to you, Byron, for, <laughs> you know, not just uh, talking, but you also walk the walk. Well, thank you, Gary. You made me feel uh, good about the morning, I guess. And uh, yeah. I, I remember him and, and uh, was glad to see a new face. On the mats and and uh, I. Do you remember his name? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, I probably will. No, I do not remember his name. <laughs> <laughs> but I will recognize his face, and I will say hi. And and yeah. so I cheat on this one. Uh, I'll ask 
uh, somebody else his name because I don't want to ask yeah. his name again. Yep. So I forget his name, and I guarantee you, Craig or Bob, it's not Tyler. Uh, will <laughs> I'd recognize it, but uh, somebody says, "Oh, his name is this," and then I'll be able to say his name like I knew it because yeah. I'm. It's something I struggle with. It's something that I um, I'm terrible. I'm working on. But yep. it's, it can be developed, and uh, I have faith in that. But thank you, Gary, for the kind words about me. And, well, and the uh, reason I was asking you, because to be honest, I forgot his name. Yeah. I introduced myself. <laughs> he told me his name, and then I introduced him to Bob using his name too. And I hate to say it. I totally forgot it. But yeah. uh, like you said, I'll recognize the face, and, and I'll go over and you know introduce myself next week again. Yep. You know, I'll, I'll introduce myself till he gets sick of me. But, Gary, it wasn't always that way. I wasn't always uh, – a nice person the first time on the map for people. It definitely has a white belt. It was a fight. I wanted to see what this guy had to bring and and how I stacked up against them. As a blue belt, I more or less didn't want to lose to somebody who was new. I mean, that so that's years going by as, as me kind of being not the fun person in the role with your first day. Uh, purple belt, I really gained the confidence to really not, not, to not lose the people who are new and to really not care if, if, if I, if they thought that I wasn't that great the first day and, and, uh, and I kind of was more playful as a black belt. Um, we're going to, you're going to have a good time. Uh, your first role in the matter is with me, um, position, positional changes, unless I'll say this, Gary, unless I feel like you're trying to kill me and you might have the tools yeah. to do it. If you come in, you're yeah. six foot, uh, five and, and 180, 280 pounds. That's, uh, 110 pounds more than me, uh, give yeah, or take. Byron's only four six. <laughs> <laughs> but okay, I'm gonna take that person. I'm not gonna play around so much. I'll probably hop on their back and 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 maintain control. But even then, I'm not gonna try to to just flat out smash them. But uh, my own safety is a big deal for me as well. But other than that person who comes in and try and but not if you're a big guy and you're nice and you're friendly, I'll play with you. I'll roll. We'll we'll have a good time. But if I feel like you're trying to to really test me out and to, to try to see if you could if you could beat me up today. I'm not going to play that game. I still won't play that game. Uh, uh, I'll, I'll use the jujitsu I've developed, hopefully, to stay safe and to, to have uh, a good time on that for myself, at least. But uh, other than that, um, as I've gotten better, I really ha- have been able to make that first role for people an enjoyable experience. And uh, that's one thing that you should work on as well uh, as you get better at jujitsu. Um, take the, take. I wish I was a, a, a nicer blue belt, but uh, I really didn't want to lose to anybody who was new. Uh, and I really, to be honest, I probably didn't have the ability to escape every time I got in a bad spot when I was new. You know, yep. so I, I played pretty hard. Yep. And I think that's well, I common, a, Gary. I got a kind of funny story like that because I was actually the opposite. I, I would uh, let the new guys beat me up and you know, I, I actually, you know, I remember one time I heard somebody on the sideline telling his buddy, he's like, yeah, I tapped that guy out four times, you know, and he's been, you know, he's a blue belt or something. And I was like, oh boy, that kind of backfired. <laughs> my funny story that. is, uh, uh, I, I used to always, uh, go through our call center in our bank and, uh, you know, there was a bunch of ladies that worked there and I got to know them really good. And, uh, one of them knew I do jujitsu and, uh, you know, she said her boyfriend's kind of interested. Um, so I kind of, uh, I was like, hey, yeah, you know, tell him to come on and, you know, I'll teach him a little bit and, uh, you know, introduce him around. And so finally he actually trained, which, you know, most of the time you hear that nobody ever trains, but he showed up and, uh, I just remember, uh, you know, went really easy on him and, you know, let him use the moves, you know, while we were actually live rolling, I let him use the moves and tap me out and stuff. And I remember coming back into work and I walked through the call center the next day 
And uh, a couple of the, that girl and a couple of her friends were kind of laughing. And I was like, hey, what's so funny? And uh, she's like, yeah, you know, uh, my boyfriend said he rolled with you, trained with you. I probably didn't say roll because I probably didn't know that terminology, but trained with you. And he said he tapped you out about four or five times. <laughs> I'm just like laughing inside, you know, and I was like, uh, you know, it's kind of like, you know, they all thought I was horrible and this and that. And, uh, you know, her boyfriend's uh, next Tito Ortiz. <laughs> and, and, uh, you know, so I just let it go in one ear out the other. And, uh, you know, it's like, hey, man, I, he's definitely uh, hopefully he keeps showing up and everything. Tell him to keep on coming. But, you know, as time went on, as as you know, he got skill level. I'd turn it up a little bit more and more and more. So uh, I think probably, you know, a couple of years down the road, he's like, oh, man, I can't believe I really thought I was beating him that day. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I just wanted him to have fun and keep at it. That's part uh, of that. I'll just never forget. Those guys were all laughing at me just thinking I'm uh, some chump who's never trained before. And they got that from him. I mean, that's the only place yeah. they would have got it. But um, yeah. that's from Gary having so small of an ego that he doesn't care if people that don't roll think he's not that good at jiu-jitsu. So he let that go. It's not a big deal. He, he yep. the, the guy still continued to train and learn, oh, Gary's actually pretty freaking good at this because uh, of that. Did Gary come in and maybe roll a little hard next time? Maybe. but uh, There's no maybe about <laughs> it. It did happen. <laughs> but it, it, it's it, it's something that Gary does all it's, it's, it is funny to watch somebody. Gary will teach a Kimura to somebody the first day, and then they freaking land it on Gary. They're like, oh, this is awesome. I'm good at jiu-jitsu all the time. And then uh, it's just funny to watch them kind of realize, oh, Gary, uh, I didn't actually land that uh, uh, on Gary when he was trying to get out. You know, he's, he's helping me learn that and get confidence. So uh, that's Gary <laughs> in a nutshell. Super nice guy, little ego. Uh, don't uh, don't wrong him too badly. <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, Gary, getting back on the topic here, so we mentioned after class, talk to them, get get back with them. It's kind of like a follow-up sales call, you know, like you had that great sales meeting or whatever, uh, or a great interview for a job. Uh, The people who call back and say, hey, I just wondering how the uh, rest of the interview process is going. I appreciate the chance to interview with the company. I'm excited to learn more about you guys. I look forward to maybe a second interview. Those people always do a little bit better than people who just let it let it hang there. So yep. if you're not looking for yep, a job, that phone call, that follow-up phone call may seem stupid, but it's like two minutes that like doubles your chances. Same yep. thing with the follow-up phone call or text message or thanks for coming to class. If you have any questions, let me know. Uh, I'll be training next week, Wednesday and Thursday. Uh, let me know if you can make it by any of those days. I'll be happy to bring you back. That's a great thing to do to, to, to somebody um, who you're trying to get started in jiu-jitsu. Yeah, definitely. I like how you uh, uh, related it to a, a job interview. You know, the person who calls back has a 50% better chance. That, that is true. And like you said, uh, you know, but you, by you calling your buddy, there's a lot better chance they're going to gonna stick with it. But Byron, in closing, I know we've talked about, you know, what to do, who to bring or, you know, what to do, what to teach them, you know, introduce them. All over, you know, just overall here. What friends should you invite? That's that's really what it boils down to. Um, if you could, if you can make it feel like any friend that is interested is invited, that's a great thing to do. It, it, it part of it, I think, comes from you walking around not like you're going to like UFC every night to train. Like it, it, to say that as as weirdly as it comes out, I'm not, I'm going to go UFC train today. Uh, you, uh, hey, I'm going to go. Uh, 
go grapple tonight. You know, that sort of attitude um, is fun. You're not coming in with black eyes all the time. You're not talking about uh, choking people out or breaking somebody's arm. Uh, so really that being that ambassador, just kind of carrying yourself as that person who uh, does this as a hobby. It's fun. You're staying in shape with it. Hey, look, I lost 20 pounds uh, in six months because of this, you know, that sort of thing. Uh, helps kind of get the people who are semi-curious about it to kind of ask you first. Um, I think that's big. If somebody had wrestled in the past, I always invite them. Hey, come check out just It's a little different than wrestling, but as an adult, a lot of times it's hard to keep with wrestling. We got a lot of wrestlers in class who would be happy to to, to, to wrestle with the air, to, to kind of introduce you to jiu-jitsu, whatever. Um, basically, anybody who, who, who's asking you questions about jiu-jitsu, remind them that the invite's there and, and you'd be happy to show them. So uh, a lot of people, I'm sure you get it too, Gary. You'll be at work or something. I'm at work and people are asking me, tell me about that. I saw you got tagged in Facebook. What was that about? Well, I'll tell them what it was about and then I'm always going to end it with, hey, if you're more than welcome to come to class if you want to check it out. It's fun. Yeah. So Gary, who, yeah, who do you like to invite? You know, to be honest, anybody really about anybody. Um, if for some reason my conversation goes that way, like I don't just pick or choose male, female, young, old. Um, yeah, I think a lot of people know I do train. I don't talk about it. I don't wear shirts, but, uh, you know, I think for some reason it seems like a lot of my conversations, if we're just hanging out in the break room or if I just meet you somehow it does turn that way or, or some friend, it seems like friends will always tell their other friends, Hey, this guy trains jujitsu. Like I'm some, you know, like we're celebrities or something. Cause there's, I guess maybe not a lot of people have trained, but you know, just anybody, I, I, if, if for some reason it comes up or, I'll try to bring it up and, and I'm not bringing it up just to uh, say I trained jiu-jitsu. Ooh, look at me. I'm bringing it more up to just like, Hey, you know, do you train? You know, do you, would you be interested in it? Um, Hey, more people I can tell about it and, and maybe get on the mat, the better I'm going to be and the more jujitsu is going to grow. So I, you invite anybody, everybody. Yeah. You mentioned uh, male, female, older, young. That's uh, great to mention that if unfortunate, that any given night, there's one to four women on the mat uh, at 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 my gym. So if if that's the case, and a, and a and a woman is asking me about training, I'm gonna make sure, if it's at all possible, that I'll, I'll call up uh, or I'll message on Facebook more more likely. Are you gonna be here tonight? I'm bringing another woman in. I want you to be there. Uh, one of the one of the ladies on the mat uh, to really help get them introduced to the mat because. Yeah, it might be too weird for them to get past the first day because uh, suddenly this guy that you know uh, off the mat is in your clothes guard and it's too weird for you. Well, um, that's when maybe the time to, to pass them off to somebody else and let some somebody um, that they can relate to uh, introduce them to the sport better than you could. I mean, it really is about in that part uh, if it's if it's too unusual for them to to get on the mat with you make sure it's fun. Make sure that there's somebody there that they can relate to and that they see you doing. That's why uh, a gym that has one female training is a lot more friendly to females than a gym that has none. I mean, that it's, it's, it's huge difference. So as long as she's a friendly person to train with, <laughs> but, uh, but so that might be a little special concern. If somebody who's a little bit older, if my dad asks about training, he doesn't train, he never has, and, and that's fine. But if he wanted to train, I'd make sure somebody, uh, you know, a little bit more senior was there. And so yeah, you're saying you'd invite me? I'd invite, I'd make sure Gary was there. Um, 
<laughs> you're a lot younger than my father, Gary. But um, I, uh, but we we've got some older guys that grapple. That would be the, the, still if my dad shows up, I'll, I'll want to get the mat time with him and 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 show him. But but I really would. It would be smart if 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 somebody of my dad's age was a friend. If I paired them up with maybe somebody uh, of similar age, and, and they got to say, oh, this actually works for you. What are you doing? This young guy tries to kill you. Well, I don't roll with that guy. You know, they they have questions that I really can't answer as well um, as the person that that they could relate to. So I think that's that's a good thing to kind of to plan ahead for. You know, what's going to be weird for them? What's going to be uh, what what is that? You could ask yourself, what is their biggest hurdle in being able to train? And if you could answer that, and you could address it. You'll be ahead of the game, my friend. Yeah. And, you know, let's, we're talking about bringing a friend to class, but let's just say somebody shows up to the gym who's never trained before. Um, you know, hey, do all this stuff with the person. You know, they're there by themselves. You know, introduce them, you know, explain the expectations, you know, just be nice to them. And, and, you know, I can kind of think about, you know, Byron, your wife there, she, she comes in and trains every now and then and she doesn't train all the time. And a lot of times you'll bring her up on Wednesday nights where we kind of have a little open mat. And first thing I do is whenever I see she's there, I run over and train. You know, it's like she knows me. Um, she knows I'm gonna, we're just gonna flow. I let her tap me out. Well, actually I don't let her. She's, she's got Byron skills. Uh, she taps me out a hundred times, but you know, that's, that's what we do as good ambassadors. You know, look for the, the person who doesn't know everybody or might not be the most comfortable person there. Let's, uh, even if we don't know the person, let's, uh, go over and introduce ourselves and, uh, make that time enjoyable. Yeah. And, and I can remember with my wife. And so this could be the same. We could have a whole episode of bringing your spouse to jujitsu because yeah. yep. I think less than what maybe 10% people have their spouse trained, but they all I know it was about 9. it. 9.73. What was that number again? So it's almost 10%. But they all get to know about it and they all get to see from the side of how great, you know, it's, it's been for us. But, um, for my wife, she would come train and for the first two times, maybe three, she rolled with me and she was a little bit too nervous and, and whatever. But I was like, okay, you got to start rolling with other people. (laughs) I need to roll with other people too. And, and when I'm done rolling with you, you just, go sit and wait. That's not fun for you. So I picked, handpicked a few people. That's, I mean, maybe a a great move. There weren't any other women that day, but I was like, you're going to roll with Craig, you're going to roll with Gary and and they're going to be fun and and you're going to be able to try to do your moves and they're going to not just lay there and let you do everything perfectly every time, but they're going to put some resistance and, and I know that they're going to be safe with you. And so she, she walks in and she'll, I, I don't know this as a fact, but I'm guessing she'll look around the mat and see who's there. Okay. There's Craig over there. Gary's here or Gary's not there. Gary's not there every Wednesday. <laughs> She's learned that too. But yeah. uh, <laughs> every time I go on Wednesday, Gary's not there. But yeah, you weren't there this one. Yeah, that's I true. Was... I wasn't. <laughs> but it's just um, maybe that would be a whole other topic is bringing your spouse into train. But yeah. neither one of us have had super success with that. But we've, but they're exposed to it. And if and really, if my wife wants to get really good at jiu-jitsu or to take it up a level, she's uh, it's definitely available for her. Um, but she likes other other avenues of fitness as well. So, um, but anyway, uh, maybe I need more advice on that than giving advice, Gary. But uh, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's similar category bringing your spouse, but a little bit uh, different. But definitely, if if imagine Gary, if I can get her to be as comfortable training when I'm not there as when I'm there, and maybe you know, there's probably a point where it's better when I'm not there, but. Uh, she would go on days I couldn't be there. And so a day I'm at work, imagine getting a call that my wife went to Jujutsu on a day that I was at work. I would be like amazed. Like that is so awesome. And that's not because of Jujutsu. That's because of the people at the class. The people. Yep. Yeah. 
Make it you like made that. Comfortable. Yeah, make yep. it. Be those people who make people want to come train. Be that person, Gary. <laughs> we, yep. we try. Be that, <laughs> be that team. Yep. Be that group of people. Yep. And in summary here. Oh, boy. We would like hey, hey, this do, is going to be towards yeah, the end of it here, yeah, Gary. No. <laughs> exactly. no. Hey, uh, you know, since we just had this nice uh, talk here about bringing a friend, you know, let's let's all try to do it here. In oh, the that's next good. Weeks. Let's all try to find a new a friend, not a new friend. Well, it could be a new friend. Let's just all just try to find a friend to uh, bring the class here within the next month. Let's uh, let's all just be proactive and, and see if we can grab somebody. And if you do, you know, send us a message about it and uh, we could talk about it on the show. It's uh, be a positive experience or who knows, maybe it's a negative experience and we could talk about it and learn learn uh, a way to do something different. So uh, let's all try within <laughs> the next month to uh, bring somebody new to class. Maybe, maybe it'll be the next Matt Tales of how badly it went, but follow our advice. <laughs> Exactly, and it went so terrible. Can't believe yep. it, Gary. Um, yep. Another little side note here: as you try to to bring a, a friend or two to class, uh, I recommend one at a time. Uh, there's a lot going on, and it, and it really does the person justice if they get your attention. And so, if you let's say this week you invite three people, and they're all showing up on Thursday. Uh, whoops. <laughs> so you kind of got your hands full. You're going to need definitely your team to help you out on that. But, uh, really maybe one week invite one person and let them, you know, if they come in, great. If not, if next week, try to bring somebody else. Uh, yeah. just see, I made the mistake. Don't overload. It's like, like at my school, there's, there's a gang and they wanted me to join yeah. just because I'm good with a bow staff. Oh, yeah. So I tried to invite the whole gang once and, uh, it was just too many people. Too much. So, uh, don't do that. Yeah. yeah, and you ran out of cookies. No, there was nothing, no refreshments, Gary. I mean, you had yeah. enough punch, but there was the gang ran out of cookies, and yep. nobody was having a good time without cookies. You gotta have cookies. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but, we um, that's a great yeah. idea, Gary. This this yeah. month, this week, um, maybe maybe on break you're at work right now and you're headed to the to the water cooler to get that nice cool glass of water. Uh, and cookies. You you, you want to hey mention jujitsu to somebody and cookies, <laughs> and and you know, let them know if, if sometimes people are kind of oblivious to the fact that they don't care about something. So if I mention you know, oh yeah, I got to work out tonight going to jujitsu, and uh, nothing happens from there, and like they talk about their night, that's great. If they say, oh, what is jujitsu to talk about? Okay, that person should get a soft invite. Yeah, you should come sometime. Maybe not tonight if yeah. you're free tonight. Yeah, it's great. But uh, send those feelers out. Let people know. Uh, that you train, let them know that there's open invite. If they ask a couple of questions about it, like they seem mildly curious, don't talk to them about jujitsu for 30 minutes when they haven't asked you one question about it. Kind of, kind of awkward and rude, Gary. <laughs> yeah, definitely. But, but you uh, know, I would really like to thank our guest this week, uh, Bob Johnson, yes. for being our fictitious, <laughs> fictional character. So thank you, Bob. We appreciate you uh, spending time and, and uh, dropping knowledge to our listeners. Yep, and being a great example of somebody who we could bring into class, Bob. So, uh, yep, thanks, Bob. Bob's contact information will be in the show notes, uh, as usual. Uh, <laughs> We're you, so used to having a guest, oh. so uh, we didn't really know what to do, so we just had to uh, fill up a <laughs> section of time. Yep, we just got to thank, thank that person that uh, didn't show up today. But uh, next week we're going to be back to our normal show, interview style. Uh, but hoping, it, let us know what you thought of this. If you enjoyed uh, the conversation we had about bringing a guest, if it helped you, I hope that it motivated you to, to reconsider and to look at people in your life because those people do change as new employees come in, new coworkers, new uh, neighbors, whatever. Uh, to, to keep that door open for Jitsu to the mats and and to to invite people maybe you kind of forgot about. So. Uh, Hope they help. Let us know if this interview or this episode, I can't even say episode, helped you out. 
Uh, we'd appreciate that. The best way would be uh, at gmail.com or message, message us on our Facebook page. Those are two easy ways to get a hold of us. Gary, uh, we don't have a Matt Tales yet. We need uh, people to send in uh, crazy uh, adventures from the Matt and type them up and, and send them in, and, and we'll present them in our next Matt Tales segment, I hope. Uh, but we do have, because of that, Gary, you know what's on. Oh, no. Yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, so we, we mentioned at the beginning of the show that I have an audiobook. It's for sale. It's eleven ninety nine. It's the course of the show. It's about your first year in jujitsu. Gary has yet to make an audiobook, but I keep giving him ideas. I give him a random idea on the spot. He's got to come up with it, a complete, uh, basically, uh, what the book is about. Oftentimes, he'll write the whole book right here. Uh, oftentimes, there's much too much material to cover this quickly. But Gary, this week, your audiobook is called Measuring Up the Submissions. Submissions for people over seven feet tall. And I think this kind of goes to measuring your jiu-jitsu and how it's changing. We talked about height. Uh, but Gary, seven feet tall, what, what submissions are good for our friends who are in the, the upper uh, height bracket? Well, you know, I'm glad you brought this one up because uh, this is my specialty. I mean, I myself <laughs> am only five foot eleven. Okay. But, um, Byron, I hate to break this to you, but my best friend, Shimani Mutambi, is seven foot one. Okay. So I know, Byron, you were thinking we were best friends, but uh, uh, sorry, but it's uh, Mr. Mutambi. I've realized that. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. I just didn't want to uh, burst your bubble there. I, I, I know where I stand. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, um, but on this one here, the, what I would say is this is going to be a co-authored between myself and Mr. Mutambi. Um, you know, Mr. Mutambi isn't as bright as me, so he's going to need me to, uh, <laughs> you know, kind of get this you know off the off the ground and uh, keep us on track but um you know for we're gonna have you know a bunch of different chapters there's a lot of stuff you can do uh you know being being uh, you know very tall mr mutambi is seven foot one and you know the first chapter we're probably going to go into the most devastating move when you're that you know i, I look at it this way why start with the small stuff you know people always say don't sweat the small stuff i say let's go let's if we're not living large we're not in charge that's what I like to that's always what, say. That's what you always say. That's true. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> we're going to start off with a helicopter speed. So um, you think about if my – if you know you, you're 4'6". I'm 5'11". <laughs> if we put somebody in a helicopter spin, an airplane spin as they used to call it in uh, professional wrestling where you put somebody on your shoulders and you spin them around. Oh, okay. You know, we're going to get a little dizzy. Yeah. But if you're seven one and you do it, you, there's going to be altitude sickness on top of that. So, you know, I mean, we're not just going to get dizzy. We're going to get tired quicker, you know, the person who's getting airplane spent. So, you know, we're going to start off with stuff like that. I mean, it works. It definitely works. Now, I have found some things are actually a little easier to do with somebody who's taller. Um, and it's harder for them to get their elbows close to their body, uh, a little, little slower to defend the shot. Uh, Gary, what, what struggles are with the tall person that they have to deal with? Well, like you said, um, you know, you're going to have to deal with, you know, changing levels to, to block that shot and stuff like that. But, Byron, we don't worry about that. Okay. If we build our offense, what's the best defense? A strong offense. So uh, we're not even here about defense. We're, we're going, this is all about offense. Okay. We're offensive-minded, Byron. So, uh, you know, Chapter 2, we're going to learn how to uh, how to triangle two people at the same time. And uh, 
that's you know I know you mentioned that earlier, but uh, when you have legs as long as uh, somebody who's seven foot one, shoot, we can triangle four and five people at the same time. You know, this is great for multiple attackers. We're not just talking sport jujitsu. We're talking self-defense. I mean, how many times has this happened to you? I know this has probably happened to most of our readers. You know, we're just walking down the street, you know, maybe going to Quick Trip or, you know, just going for a leisurely stroll with our dog. And what always happens? A gang always comes and tries every to Every time there's a gang, every time. Yeah, I mean, it happens. So, I mean, most of the time it's, what, seven, eight on one? And basically in that situation, what I would recommend is pull guard. Because they're all going to start attacking as soon as you pull guard. They're all going to fall right, right into your guard. Triangle, four or five of them at a time, put them to sleep, back up, and uh, do the same thing to the next four or five. Game over. You got 10 people taking a nap. So, um, you know, and like I said, it's going to be 100% positive. Think about a darts choke. You know, me and you darts choke each other. Sometimes it's hard to just, you know, interlock our hand to our elbow, you know, to finish it. Here, if I'm 7 1, I can darts choke four people at the same time. How many people can do that? So, uh, you know, there are a lot of advantages there. But, you know, so we're going to learn the Darts joke. We're going to learn the, the triple triple Darts joke. Some some people, uh, one of my good friends, Rodney Dangerfield, calls it the triple Lindy Darts Oh, yeah, it's so, the triple uh, Lindy. Yeah. So, I mean, there's we're going to learn the Darts joke. Like I said, we'll, we'll learn the altitude helicopter ride, um, triangle and more than one person at the same time. Um, so... There are a lot of stuff we're yeah. going to learn. And, uh, um, and, I mean, you can't go wrong with it. I mean, we're going to learn how to guillotine four people on each side at the same time. So um, there's going to be a lot of different things. But it's it's not necessarily for sport jiu-jitsu. It's to take on gangs. Because most, so, um, most time in sport jiu-jitsu is just one-on-one. It's really yeah. the, the kind of the rare occasion when when it's one-on-two or one-on-three. Um, yeah. I'm thinking the, the, the three-person in a triangle choke called the nonagon. Because yeah. uh, Nonagon has nine sides, and well, you're, have... Byron, you're talking about a Nonagon triangle strangulation. Oh yes. Yeah. Yep. It's like it's got a good ring to it. If anything else, yep. it may not be that great, but it does have a good, nice sound to it, Gary. Yeah. Yep. So really, um, we're going to start working on this, and and this one has a better chance of being published because it's going to be both me and Mr. Mutambi. But you know, our target audience is people who like to go for leisurely strolls who get in fights with gangs. So And are over seven feet tall. Yeah, yeah, and over seven feet tall. So, you know, that's a pretty pretty big uh, audience. A lot of lot of people. Yep. A lot yep. of people. So, uh, we should make a million on this. All right. Well I'll look forward to that release date. Uh, it'll be released as soon as Gary is also seven feet tall. He's he's getting to drink his milk and uh, growth hormones a plenty. Of plenty is the key. <laughs> well, that's interesting, Gary, and I, uh, uh, I'm looking forward to that book. There's no doubt about that. Yep, yep. and I think uh, if that book does come, you know, and somebody shares a story, actually videotapes it, you know, we'll probably send them out a. Uh, do you have to videotape your triangle and uh, seven people at the same time? We'll probably send them out one of our three inch key patches. But uh, you know, we also have five inch key patches. Say what? Which, uh, yeah, special edition. Five inch BJJ brick gi patch. Um, you know, they're um, basically anybody who supports us uh, $3 per episode on Patreon, which is a uh, website for content producers. And uh, we'll have a link to it in our show notes. And I know we've already talked about Rob, Sean, Greggy, Alexander, and Superman. But um, <laughs> these uh, 
these people got the five inch key patch. We'll send anywhere in the world for free. Um, and it, you're not paying three bucks for the, or for the key patch. It's, uh, um, we've mentioned earlier how you, you get to be a content provider on the show. You can, uh, you get, a uh, kind of, you get in a private, uh, a group where you can uh, ask questions, uh, which we're going to, we'll ask you questions like, Hey, we got so-and-so on the show. What, uh, do you have any, uh, questions for him, you know, that we can do in the interview? So, uh, um, you know, that's a big thing, but, uh, it's a cool geek patch. So, uh, check out our link to Patreon. And, and once again, thank you, Sean, Rob, Greg, Alexander, Superman, and Barack. Yep. We, uh, <laughs> we're able to send the, the five inch geek patch uh, to most countries. So, uh, if you're wondering about that, send me an email at bjbreakout@gmail.com. If you're in some place that you don't think they would send it and I'll let you know, I'll look it up online and see if it'll ship. Uh, but because of the support of the, uh, current Patreon supporters, we able to have a little bit more money to, for shipping purposes to send this big geek patch as a token of our appreciation. So, uh, it means a lot to us next week. We're gonna have an interview episode. We mentioned that, uh, I want you to tell a friend about this podcast if you enjoyed it or any of our previous episodes, much like you're going to bring a friend into the, uh, to the class. If you have a friend that already trains or is interested in training, let them know about the show. It's a great way to learn more about Jiu-Jitsu. Great way to, to kind of maybe stay motivated to train every week as to, to listen to the show and remember uh, why we're out there doing what we do. So uh, yep, share it with your friend, my friend. Yep, and we'd also like to bring a friend to uh, train. So if you happen to be coming through Wichita, Kansas, uh, mid-America here, and uh, would like to train, hey, send us a message. And uh, we'd definitely love to train with you, and we'll we'll meet you somewhere. We'll pick you up. We'll train together. We'll have fun. So uh, uh, definitely send us a message, bjjbrick at gmail.com, or hit us up on our Facebook page. Yep, we are not uh, a cab or a uh, uh, Uber, Uber driver, but... Uh, I'm not surprised. Gary's picked up somebody at the airport once before and uh, and brought him uh, to their hotel. So he's that type of a guy, super nice guy. And we'll have make sure if we're able to train with you, we'll make sure that uh, you have a good time. So uh, that's part of our uh, goal <laughs> of bringing our friends into town that we know from our podcasting. So uh, definitely a good time. Uh, we'll catch you guys next week. As always, stay sweaty, my friends. And don't forget to shower. All right. Thank you for listening. I hope you find the time today to roll. After all, the best way to get better at Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu is to do Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. <laughs>